our mission is to help others live their best lives, learning from each other, sharing our journeys together, growing, adapting, and constantly striving for better. This is the Pursuit of Relentless podcast. My name is Elena Chisholm. Let's connect. Welcome to the podcast. Super pumped today. I have one of my favorite speakers on. The first time I met Jay, uh, I was at a conference and he was on stage and he was talking, uh, just spitting fire. And I was like, man, I got to meet this guy. The first time I met him, I like was walked up and like shaking and like trying to shake his hand. And I was like, oh my goodness, this guy is so successful. Like, I don't know if I'm going to um, be comfortable talking to him. And my trainer was like, Elena, just go introduce yourself. Like he's a normal human. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. So it was really cool because I was listening to his conversation with us and it was all about um, how his life was really good until it wasn't and his journey as an entrepreneur and like the visual effects of what he's got planned for his life. And so I was really drawn to his story. So I'm really grateful today to have Jay White on today who runs the Army of Champions been in business for like 10 years and man, this guy's on fire. His team is booming. It's really, really cool to watch. So welcome, Jay. Thanks for uh, doing this interview with me. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about uh, your 10 years in business. What got you into business in the first place? Uh, Well, I mean, as you mentioned, I had a good job until I didn't, you know, to kind of rewind on that. So, you know, the only real jobs I can really ever remember having was I used to play golf for a living. That was kind of like my first job. You know, I was Canadian PGA for five years and I wasn't very good. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really good. Certainly not enough to make a, a bunch of money and support myself. So I was always looking for something to do in the winter, you know, kind of training for the summer. And uh, eventually I got uh, approached by, you know, a manager uh, of my gym who, who kind of said, Hey man, you're here all the time. Anyway, you might as well get paid to be here. And so he taught me how to get a personal training certification and kind of coached me and in personal training. And so I had this summer gig where I would play golf and I had my winter gig where I would do personal training. And I realized I was quite a bit better at personal training than I was at golf. And I, I went full time and was able to work my way up to the manager of a club, which was great. It was the first time I'd ever made 80 or 90 grand in a year was managing a club. Um, but my club kind of started to dominate all the other clubs in the chain of our, of our gyms. And that, uh, you know, that gave me, I suppose, a credential to go and they uh, let me be the manager of the whole fitness department. And all of a sudden I'm making 150 grand a year that, you know, I, I, in, in the, in the gym and I forget about golf and I just moved completely into the fitness industry. And then I just stayed there too long, right? Like many people, I'm certainly not the only one that's ever overstayed my welcome at a job, but I overstayed my welcome at that job um, to the point where I remember walking into work one day and having this, it was almost, it looked like I was walking into an intervention, you know, and all my bosses waiting at my desk for me at seven o'clock in the morning. And obviously that wasn't going to go well and it didn't go well. Um, at that time, you know, a typical monthly income for me would have been 13 or 14,000 bucks. And, you know, it was kind of, it was the most money I'd ever made in my life. I thought this was all the money in the world. And, you know, I, I kind of liked what I was doing, but you know, I could learn to, I could learn to love it for, for 13 or 14 grand a month. Um, but then I left that meeting making $3,000 a month to do the same job. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I remember a couple of weeks before that being at, because my company was changing hands and there was new, there was new, uh, you know, managers from the other, you know, company coming in and that kind of thing. There was like a merger happening. And I remember being at a dinner 
And and there was this guy and, and I'm just like a club level manager and I'm there with all these, you know, these people that are, you know, making companies change hands. And I hear one of the guys go, well, I guess Jay's picking up the tab because he's the highest paid guy here. And then I, I knew I was in trouble right away. I knew it, it had, it had been noticed. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I walk into an ambush and this is, I'm making three grand a month. I've got a brand new baby at home. I got a mortgage and you know, this, that was you know, I look at it now and, and I, it's funny, we have to continuously tell our stories in, in business, but I actually don't even identify with that anymore. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing that I find about it now is that I used to tell that story and be like, this was the most negative thing of all time. And now I look at that story and I go, thank God that happened. Mm-hmm. We might still be slugging it out in the gym, making a hundred grand. We couldn't get by on that today. The, the people that we've affected. Yeah, I look back at uh, even just like the last couple of months and how many people have been laid off in Port McMurray. And I'm like, man, think of how crazy it would be if I was still in the position where I was still an operator working for a contractor, doing okay, you know, and then I'm yeah. like, um, <laughs> it's good until it's not, right? Good until it isn't, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Tell us about the United States. White estates. Yeah, that's a concept that hasn't come to fruition yet, but it was really the, you know, it's the thing that initially what made me push so hard in business was that we needed to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like instant. I take this pay cut at work and then all of a sudden I get into my own business and I'm, you know, I'm making four or 500 grand a year. It wasn't instant. (laughs) You know, we, we got to the point where there was no money in the bank account and the credit cards were full and the mortgage payment was coming up. And so when I got started in business, it was to survive, literally to put food on the table. But then when my little girl started to, cause Hadley was born right when we, right when we opened our business and um, you know, it was, it was first to survive. But then as Hadley got to be one and two years old, uh, we had, we, we realized that there was something a little bit off with her. I mean, she was our, she's our first baby. We don't know any different, but you know, by the time she was two, Leanne had a pretty, Leanne had a pretty strong suspicion that she might, she might be autistic. And then uh, we, you know, went through the process of getting into the Glen Rose and Edmonton and went through their process. And sure enough, we get an autism diagnosis, which initially was very scary. I mean, we were, we were relatively new parents who didn't know anything about autism. And now we have an autistic daughter. And I remember being pretty freaked out in the beginning about what that was going to look like long-term just because I didn't know now that I know autism very well. Now I'm like, Hey, no big deal. <laughs> you know, this is autistic kids are awesome. Like this is, you know, it's super cool. But you know, when I look out long-term, I still don't know what it looks like. I know, I know what Hadley looks like as a nine-year-old with autism, which is you wouldn't know if you didn't know, you know, that she, that she was autistic. But you know, I look out to Hadley as an adult Hadley as a 22 year old, Hadley as a 30 year old woman. And I don't know what that looks like. And so, you know, growing up, you know, as she grew up and our business was growing up, I had this concept of here's what I'm here to build. It's now, it's now not about putting food on the table. We've taken care of that long time ago. Now it's now, now for me, what it's about is that if she needs a place that she can have her independence yet still need mom and dad relatively close in case she needed us, that I'm going to have a property that's big enough that I can build a mansion on there for Leanne. And we're going to have a 
a training center for our team and for other teams that come in and, you know, and we'll, and we'll work with them. But then down the road on our property and be a little driveway back to Hadley's house. And it's going to be her own place and she's going to get to build it and she's going to get to pick every single wall. And I'm sure some of those walls will be pink and, you know, it'll be awesome and it'll be her place on white estates and we'll have ours and she can have her independence, but we'd be there if she needed us. So that's, that's what that was. I still working towards that. Well, that's the thing though. If we don't plan what we want in our lives, how do we expect to achieve them? You just don't tend to stumble into things like that. You know, they need to be planned out and back engineered into what they, you know, what you need to save and what you need to earn. And um, it's the only way that those things happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could break that down a little bit. Like what do you do? to break down your goals, for instance? Like, do you have a five-year plan? Do you have a 10-year plan? Do you have a three-month plan, a six-month plan? Uh, Where's most of your focus at? I've always been great at setting a goal. I haven't always necessarily been the very best at tracking where I was along the way. Mm -hmm. It's probably the best way that I would put it. I'm always looking at how is my year going? Like, where are we going to get this year? And then I'm looking at the long-term. I don't really have a five or a three. I've got a great coach in, in business I've got lots of them actually, but one of them talked about this concept of crush 13. The most clarity that I have on goals um, would be my would be my crush 13. So the way that we look at a year is that you've got 12 months that are complete and there's always going to be one falling out and one that you're working on. And so what we always want to do is we want to look at that 13th month that's falling off and we want to crush that month, right? So if we did, you know, 200,000, in revenue, the you know thirteen months ago, we want to make sure we're you know we're two hundred and fifty thousand or we're two hundred and sixty thousand, or if we you know if we brought forty new people on board thirteen months ago, I want to bring sixty new people on board, and we always want to crush that thirteenth month. So that's the way that we tend to look at our goals, you know, for an annual basis, and then and then I'm always looking, you know, I've I've had the I've had a million dollars a month in my mind forever as the point where I consider slowing down. Mm-hmm. You know, I got started in business a little bit older than most. I mean, I was 34 years old when, you know, when I even started to think about doing this. And so, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's weird, but I'm the old guy around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden at 40, I'm 43. I'm almost 44 now. I'm looking at making a million bucks a month. That's what I want to do. Yeah, that's amazing. My goal was 10 million a year, right? I'm like, okay, well, once I make 10 million a year, maybe I'll buy myself something. Because people are like, Alina, why don't you why don't you buy, drive a new vehicle? I'm like, why, why wouldn't I go finance something if I don't have to, you know, I can drive a car that's perfectly good right now and save up the money to buy what I want cash. You know, Elena, you're speaking my language. You know what I drive? What? Take a guess. What do you think I drive? Uh, a Honda. I drive a 2010 Ford edge that I've owned for years. Nice, nice, nice. I have a 2002 Jeep TJ. Can't drive it to a client's house to do an appointment anyway. They're not going to know what I drive. They have to meet me on zoom. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so funny. At first when I was driving it, I was like, ah, oh, man, Kyle, like people are going to judge me. Like there's holes in it. And he's like, Elena, anyone who knows vehicles knows how fun it is to drive a manual Jeep. And you should just rock it. <laughs> and so I'll drive to my client's house and they've got like a million dollars to invest, for example. And they're like, nice ride. And they understand it because they're like, yeah, we don't, we're not wasteful either. Like we want to make sure that we're saving up for our family's future and everything too. Right. So and I think that's one of the things that I did wrong the first time. And now I've learned my lesson when I paid $72,000 for a truck I couldn't afford. There you go. 
Oops. You weren't the only one that did that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's important to understand money. Like it's so important to understand money, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if we can understand it if we don't look for education on it. And where do you go? Like, I mean, think back to high school. What do they teach you? Nothing. I think I might have had uh, like a 10 minute class on how to balance a checkbook. Like that's what I remember from calm class at Fort McMurray Compass at high school. That's where I went to high school. I went to a junior high school called St. John's, which I'm pretty sure is a superstore or something now. Nice. Fort McMurray has changed so much, but I love this community for the fact that everyone comes together in time of need, especially like in the last five years living in this city. I'm so proud of it. You guys have had a rough go. Yeah, it's been crazy. Our our office was not touched. I'm so grateful. Um, oh, I was worried about that, actually. So were we, because there was water in the parking lot in the last picture that we saw. So it's oh. pretty crazy to think about uh, how resilient people are and how everyone came together and how many phone calls I received, not even from clients or anything, just like people who know me. And they're like, hey, I know your office is downtown. Like, how's it going? Or are you okay? Mm-hmm. Or like my family's calling me going, um, I'm seeing that things are not good up there. And I'm like, well, thankfully I don't really have to worry about it too much. So yeah. how can I help? I'm happy right? to hear that. Yeah. Volunteering at the hospital or going out and doing charity things. Uh, we helped one of our guys take the belly out of his trailer because it got saturated, right? Like he flooded really, really badly. So our team came together and just Um, there was like 20 of us there and it was amazing just being able to give back and like help people. And there's no better feeling. There isn't. No, it's awesome. It's one thing to become successful, but when you get there, like help out, you know, (laughs) so good on you guys for doing that. Yeah. It's fun. I love just being able to go, Hey, who's busy. Who's, who's not busy. Like, let's try and fix this for this person. I had four of my agents who got flooded out or evacuated. And I'm just like, man, okay, what do you need? Oh, I need pots and pans and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, come on over. Like, let's go. I'll cook you dinner. <laughs> like, What would you say people should be focused on to stay positive in times like this? It can be difficult, right? I mean, we are in, in general, I hate to say it, but we're pretty negative, pessimistic group. I wish it wasn't the case, but, but that's where we are. I mean, And truth be told, I just deleted my entire Facebook group of friends with the exception of my my agents and my agency just for how negative it was. Here's I mean, here's what I was doing. I was attempting to be the voice of positivity in that group, um, but they weren't ready to hear it. You know, so I'll tell you some of the things that I was doing. I mean, I don't know if this is replicatable for anybody, but when I would wake up in the morning, I'd spend 10 to 15 minutes just searching for positive information. Right, like I remember one morning, um, there was a great morning. So when the markets were going to explode that day, so I was pumped up about that. And they did that day. That was like one of the first days on the rebound of the markets. There was a report on Sportsnet that morning that, uh, that baseball and hockey were going to do everything that they could to have a season. And they had a couple of preliminary plans in place. And then the COVID numbers in Edmonton were like non-existent. So I was like, sweet, there's three awesome pieces of positive news. I want to blast out a video and then just send it out to as many people as I can. Title it something positive to start your day. So I, I would try to do that kind of stuff as often as I could. And, and it would get shared like you wouldn't believe it would get shared, you know, 19, 20, 25, 30 times and have a total of like 200 views in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of eyes. 
And then I'd pop that sucker on Instagram where I have 1200 people and it would get 800 views. It was crazy. It was just, uh, it was this weird experiment for me where I could see where my more positive group of people were <laughs> it was certainly uh, on Instagram, but you know, you just keep looking for little wins, you know, in our, in our business, I talk about the same thing where when people get started, it's not the easiest business in the world, right? And in fact, it's quite difficult for, for many people because they come from such completely different backgrounds. I'm like, let's stack wins, right? Let's get one little win. I remember hearing this story from a, from a great coach of mine from a long, long time ago when he was brand new and like didn't know how to do anything, but he's like, I'm getting a win today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the last one to leave the office. And that's going to be my win for today. And he talked about waiting there till 1130 at night. till this one guy just wouldn't stop doing paperwork finally went home and he was the last guy in the office. And that was, that was his win. And then he started stacking wins and that guy has one of the biggest podcasts on the planet right now. Yeah. It's so cool. You just have to kind of go for it and go, all right, well, I'm going to do something to serve myself today. Like, Hey, maybe I didn't eat the food that I wanted to eat, or maybe I had a cold shower today. That's definitely something that I don't want to do, but it builds that confidence. Right. Sure. Mm. There was one year it was, it was 2017 where I was kind of making some fundamental changes in my business where I was going from producing a lot personally, like meaning helping a lot of clients personally, which I was, I was always kind of known for that. And that was always my fallback and my go-to like, but that can only take you so far, right? It's, you know, you're going to get to a million bucks a month. You're certainly not going to do that on your own pen. You need to build people. Cause so I was making the switch from being a personal producer to building people. And I had this year of 2017 where it was like, my income was flat. I remember being stuck at a quarter million bucks. It was just like, it was just flat. And I was watching, I was watching people that I would previously be way ahead of, you know, still personally producing and watching their incomes move past mine. I was just having a bad year. The business was growing and people were doing better. And you know, the overall revenues were all up and all that stuff. But my income was the same. And I just felt bad. And it was one particular, like one particular grumpy day, I'm sure where I might not even have noticed it myself, but my coach Greg comes into my office and just kind of, you know, he just knew I needed a little something. And so here's what he said, stuck with me ever since. He's like, uh, here's what I'm going to need you to do. Jay, I need you to build a list of the 10 things you're most excited about right now. And I'm going to need to see that list in an hour. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'm coachable. Let's do it. So I just started, I started about building this list of things that I was excited about. And there was a lot of them. I mean, I, I could have, I got to 10 and I could have probably got to 30. All right. And I instantly felt better. And I went and I showed Greg the list and he said, Hey, great list. I want you to read this every morning. And so I would start my day with what I now call reminders of good things. So that's always kept me positive. That's amazing. I love that. I love the, the reflection, right? You're sitting there going, okay, what is good? Because sometimes we get really stuck in the moment or we're stuck in our own heads and we're running old thought patterns. I had a massive realization the other day, uh, right when the flood happened. And I was like, man, I don't need to be this stressed out right now. Like I actually don't need to be this stressed out right now. We're both still working. We have money in the bank. We don't have debt. Like we're doing good for ourselves for the first time in our lives. And Kyle's like, Elena, you're running old patterns in your head because you're nervous right now. And why are you nervous and how are you responding? And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk. Like that helps me clear my head. 
And I went for a walk and all of a sudden I, it was like six 30 in the morning and I looked out and I started going Facebook live at that moment because all I heard was the birds screaming. Like they were so happy. They were glorifying what was happening. And I was like, what's going on? Like what's going on? And so I walked over to the river and the river had started moving. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is insane. So the second that we switch our mindsets to look for the beauty and look for the things that are good in our lives, we're going to attract that to ourselves. You got to follow that path and just kind of see where it's going to take because one day later, the river was cleared. We can go back downtown, right? Fantastic. It's just switching that mindset and looking for the wins. Like you got to, like you said, stack those wins. Stack wins. Yeah. It's building confidence. Everyone's like, Elena, how did you do so much in such a short amount of time? And I was like, I tracked my habits like a crazy person. <laughs> and lately I haven't been as strong in that. And I'm like, hmm, why are my numbers down? Or why am I not doing as good? Or why am I struggling with my mindset? Or why am I putting on weight? And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm not doing the stuff that it took me to get to where I'm at. And it was literally like, boom, realization. Okay. What are my goals? I started writing down, what am I doing for the rest of 2020? I already know what I've got for 2020 happening. Okay. What's 2021 going to look like? Because in a blink of an eye, it's going to be 2021. And then, okay. Like our goal is to get to CEO by 2023. And I don't know if that's even a thing, <laughs> you know, like it might take me 10 years to get there, but my goal is to hit it in three. And I'm like, okay, well, if I can make that happen and I can teach enough people how to do what I do, imagine how much of a forward movement we're able to create with that. Yeah. Just teaching people how to be happier, teaching people how to uh, recharge their energy. I think that's the thing that people need the most right now. You bet. And they need habits. All all that stuff, you're always going to revert back to your habits. So you got to have good ones and create good ones and know what you want and, you know, design habits that are conducive to getting those things. Mm -hmm. What would be maybe one or two things that are non-negotiable for Jay White? Making sure that my my kids and my wife have everything that they need. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily everything that they want, but everything that they need for sure. That's certainly a non-negotiable. Man, what else? A really good question. Yeah, actually, the answer is pretty easy for me. I mean, I can only take care of my organization and mm-hmm. you know what we do, but we have to always do business the right way. Mm-hmm. We don't take shortcuts. We don't post stupid stuff online. We don't exaggerate. We don't, you know what I mean? We don't round up. We don't oversell. My style has always been very conservative and it served me well. Mm-hmm. And the people that I coach, I, I used to like follow all of their social media just to, to the odd time that I had to go, I'm going to get you to take that down and let's reevaluate how you could say it differently. <laughs> I feel, I feel happy that I like never have to do that anymore. So that, that's my other one. We, we always treat the client the right way. We always conduct ourselves the right way. That's a non-negotiable and, and family first is the other. So be those two. I love that. Faith, family, fitness, finance, business. <laughs> that's what I'm focused on, right? And yeah, fitness is a big one. I wish I could go to the gym. It's been a long time. I know, right? Everyone's like, oh, just work out at home. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a dog that tries to uh, eat my face when I do yoga. <laughs> what I have was, you been doing uh, for fitness at home? Well, I mean, luckily, my, my wife is a, for, it's been at least two years now that she has been the most, she's been the most dedicated uh, person I've ever seen. Um, and she, what she does is she does the beach body programs. Mm-hmm. And so she gets up long before I get up. I mean, she's almost done her workout when I get up and she, she never misses. It's amazing. 
So luckily she had bands down there and some, you know, a couple of steps that I could turn into benches. And from a hundred years ago, back when I was like a bachelor, I remember I, I had, I had like 180 or 200 pounds of weight, something like that. And so I got, I got a bit of weight downstairs and some bands and that kind of thing. And I'm just trying to be creative. Luckily I've got a pull up bar, you know, I can sling the bands over it and turn it into a cable station. And I'm just trying to replicate the stuff that I was doing in the gym, but it's not the same. You can't, you you just do your best. right? Yeah. Do you find that uh, incorporating a couple workouts a day is working best for you to recharge your energy? It is. So, I mean, right now, I, I mean, I just had a client meeting where we, just, my office is where I got it all spaced out properly, like we're supposed to have it. Um, but typically it's just a big studio where I've got my cameras everywhere and lights everywhere. And then I'll set up a couple of chairs over here in the corner. I can turn into a push-up station and there's a set of stairs right over here where I can, you know, I got a little, little tread climber that we can, that we can use, but Usually what I'll do throughout the day, just give you, you know, kind of a tip on my whiteboard. Oh, when I get in in the morning, I'll typically write push-ups, 150 squats, 150 dips, 150. And then throughout the day, I'll just kind of like take breaks in between meetings and bang some out. And then I'll cross out the number and write however many I have left. I'll count them down to zero every day. So I do my workout in the morning after Leanne comes back upstairs and I've fed the kids breakfast and then I'll go down and work out. And then I go to the office. Genius. That works so well. Yeah. I like my morning routine as well. I loved, oh, back in the day when I could go to yoga, I'd go to a six o'clock class or a six thirty class and I'd go sit in the sauna and read my book and just like meditate and like focus on where my day is going to go. And then I'd be in the office by nine, you know, like showered, ready to go feeling mindset, like boom, ready to rock and roll. And then you win the day because you've already done all of the stuff that you probably would have avoided if you did it at mm-hmm. night, <laughs> you know? You know what, you know, what's cool. I think, I think probably, and I, and I, and I'm, I don't know every story uh, obviously, but I think between you and I, we probably would have two of the bigger physical transformation stories in, in our business. Yeah. We're su- super impressive to watch what you did. Thank you. It's been crazy. Uh, I think the, the growing of the mind is such an incredible thing to watch because you see people physically transform Mm -hmm. and it's making those little decisions. It's tracking those habits. It's reading the books and listening to the good mentors and just taking it in and observing and like having all of these people around us that want us to win. I've never had that before. Yes. My family wants me to win, but at the same time, they don't understand necessarily what I'm doing in business. I've literally had people go, yeah, we don't want to hear about it anymore, Alina. Like, we want to hear different stuff. Um, how are you actually doing? And I'm like, I'm just really excited. You know, like, I just, I just want to sing the praises to the world about how great your life can be. Because it's so crazy. You sit down with so many people. How many people do you sit down with that you go, hey, what do you want for your life? And they're like, I don't know. Don't even know. 99 out of 100. It is sad. It's really sad. And then yeah. you understand dream stealing is a thing. And you're like, man, it might've been one of your teachers in high school or one of your old friends that took your dreams away or your parents or, you know, anyone who was influential in your life. And we're the ones that are in control of absolutely everything that's going to happen to us. And if we can plan to have the life that we want, I looked at myself and I was like, Elena, you're being selfish. Like I'm not focused on where I'm going. 
I'm not grateful for the life that I have. I'm sitting there miserable and I just wanted to change, you know? And I was like, all right, well, I don't want my kids to suffer the way that I did. I don't want my kids to be overweight. I don't want my kids to be broke. I don't want them to like struggle, but you know what? It's made me so strong um, that it's made me who I am. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to teach you how to have that mental toughness so that when you're going into situations like Ed's podcast this morning, I was listening to, he was talking about how we default to our old habits, but at the same time, this is what we practice for. Like these yeah. moments where it's hard, this is what we practice for. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's that gratitude. It's that. Thank God that I'm in the place that I'm at today because four years ago, I could never have interviewed Jay White. I would have never had the confidence in myself. I would have never had an opportunity to like spread the word about ambition matters. I want to talk about that as well, but like just being able to talk to people and go, Hey guys, let's dream big. Like I've got my vision board in front of me right now. And it says, go big. I want to grow my own garden. Like I'm trying to grow my own garden. It's actually working for the first time ever. Saw that. That's impressive. <laughs> you know, and it's in my office. So it makes me feel good. Cause I'm like, okay, I want to grow my own food and I want to be able to like have a chunk of property that I'm actually proud of, you know, and I could have never accomplished that if I didn't plan it. Hey, I'm curious. What what flipped that switch that you started your, your, uh, your weight loss journey? Uh, I hit 300 pounds. Honestly. Well, what, what was the thought? Like walk me through your, what, what, what happened in your head that day? <laughs> um, I went and sat on an airplane and I sat in the seat and it was a little uncomfortable and I'm six foot one. So like sitting on an airplane is not comfortable for me regardless because my mm -hmm. legs are so long. And uh, so already I'm uncomfortable. I don't necessarily like flying that much, but at the same time, I'm like, whatever. Um, I sat in the seat and I couldn't do up the seatbelt. And I said, never again will I deal with this issue. All of my friends were going skydiving in Vegas. I couldn't go because I was too overweight. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then I started thinking about it. I started thinking about what life that I want for myself and what it's going to look like down the road if I continue on the path that I'm on. And I was like, nope, that's not good. Like, I'm just going to get more discomfort. I'm going to be in more pain. Um, I got a varicose vein in my leg really bad from being a heavy equipment operator. And I was like, I'm done with this. I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I did, I got sick all the time because I wasn't resting and I was drinking too much beer. And like, I was, I was on that sick routine of, Oh, what day off is it? First day yeah. off, second day off, third day off. And I'm like, no, it's Thursday guys. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in that chaos repetition mode where my life is going in the wrong direction that I don't want it to go. And so I focused on my personal development. I focused on taking notes uh, on what I was being told. So I listened to John Maxwell books. I listened to Ed Milet. I listened to Andy Priscilla. I listened to you guys. And I was like, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Because in the beginning, I didn't believe in myself at all. And I started tracking my habits and giving myself those little wins. I did keto for like four months straight. And it turned into a lifestyle change for me. Like I was able to drop, okay, so 2018. I dropped by Vegas. So I was 300 pounds in October. I got down to 286 in January. I got down to 227. I had to be 220 to go skydiving. I was so pissed. So I got down to 227 
by August. So I dropped like 60 pounds by August. And then it took me another six months. So by January 2019, I was down to 200. And then I was plateaued at 200 for like seven months. And I was so discouraged and so frustrated. And I couldn't figure out why I wasn't losing weight. But then I realized I wasn't really trying. Mm. I was doing the same things, right? And Rich Dolly actually said it. And it really hit home for me. He's like, are you eating like a 190 pound person? Or are you eating like a 250 pound person? And I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Like, yeah. That never clicked in my head before. I just... I was like, Oh, <laughs> so I really started focusing on my diet. I have a coach from first form named Al that I met through Arte and uh, he's helping me with my diet plan. Cause since about November, I kind of went on a, a bit of a downward spiral uh, mentally, physically. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, Hey, I'm sick of this. Like, I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be that person. And I realized that all my old habits of scarcity had come back. And uh, they were trying to run my life again. And I, I just have to go, hold on a minute. Like, this is not me. This is not the person that I've developed. And I got to get back to those habits. I got to get back to the place where I feel good about myself. And I feel like uh, I have a saying, I love it. Other people's success is reliant on me. So I'm watching my team gain weight. I'm watching my whole agency, my whole office. People are putting on weight. People aren't um, seeing the numbers that they want to see. The energy's down. And I'm like, oh, this is me. This is me. I got to fix this. So now it's, even if it's a 15 minute hit workout or like doing 10 minutes of yoga, anything to get that energy back. Um, Cause I feel like over zoom, I, I give a lot, right? So I'm a lot more tired at the end of the day. And then I don't have time for my relationship and I don't have time for my dog. And I'm like, um, I got to figure this out because it's hard and hard is relative, but at the same time, I'm like, I just want to be at a place where I'm able to give this much energy and teach people how I did it by tracking my habits and focusing on personal development and having good mentors and reading good books. And, you know, like there's so many little things that we can do to help ourselves that'll snap us out of it. Like, what was it? Two weeks ago. No, last week I messaged Greg and I was like, Greg, I am not good right now. I am not doing good right now. <laughs> and he did the same thing to me. What are 10 good things that are happening? Right? Oh, did he? Right. And it's a consistent message. So now I can go and do that to my team, you know, and ask them how their day is going and what I can help them with. And just being there to help people and being there to show them what you did. Because if you show them what you did, you're going to get better yourself. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to help other people. And I think that that's the key is just doing everything that you can. Uh, to lead by example. You're, you're swimming with bigger sharks now. Yeah. Well, and you realize really quickly that you're not as good as you think you are because you're like, Oh, I actually have no freaking idea what I'm doing. Well, and, I realize I realize that all the time, 10 years in. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, if I want to be a Raja or a real, or, you know, any of these people who are making massive, massive incomes, I have to mirror their habits and what mm -hmm. they're focused on and what they're doing. And I think that the more we collaborate and the more we spread the word about being happier and having ambition and just like wanting to have a better life. I ask myself one question, am I operating as the person I used to be 
or am I, am I operating as the person I call Excellencia Bell, like the person who is strong, a strong leader uh, on a war path, like just ready to take on the world? Or am I operating as of this person who's focused on scarcity and what's going wrong and um, how stressful everything is? No, I want to be my higher self. You know, we're in a movie right now. We're creating this life for ourselves that people are one day going to look at and go, Hey, I know Elena Chisholm. She's this person who did blank, right? There, I want to be remembered generationally. And like Carl was talking about yesterday, like, what are my grandkids going to know about me? That stuff fires me up, man. I'm like, what? You don't think that far in advance until you do. And then you're like, oh, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's crazy. Try not to think about my kids having kids yet. <laughs> right? Isn't that a terrifying thought? Like, what's the yeah. life going to be like in 10 or 20 years from now? I don't know, man. It's already not the same as it was 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah. Tell us about what you're doing with YouTube and Ambition Matters. Yeah, it was uh, something that I came up with, uh, just a thought I had on a drive to work one morning where um, I thought, how could we be of value to more people? Mm. Uh, I've been really lucky over the last 10 years to have some great coaches, just, you know, people that I get to deal with on a daily basis. But, you know, through having done some bigger stuff in the company, I've had a chance to, you know, get to know some, some really big time people with making big time incomes um, and taking a lot of coaching from them. And, you know, I kind of, I feel like I've, uh, I've absorbed a lot. I feel like there's a lot of material in my head uh, that we use to, to grow our own business all the time. And, you know, certainly, you know, most of the people watching this right now are learning of my existence right now. Mm -hmm. Meaning that whatever success that you've had in your life, I've not taken away from. And any success that I've had in my life, you've not taken away from. And so there's abundance to go around. So if I were to teach people the things that help me become successful with no financial gain to myself, it doesn't hurt me. There's enough out there for everybody to do well. And so I thought if I can, uh, if I can be of value to more people than just my immediate team, then I wanted to do that. And so we, we started a, we started a YouTube channel. I, I had to run up by my wife first because I needed somebody to edit things like for me to get my microphone working and uh, logged into zoom. That's about the extent of, of what I can do uh, with technology. And so, you know, Leanne was on, luckily she was on board and she's an amazing editor I mean, she picked it up. If you watch my first video, which is about understanding negativity, I mean, clearly I didn't know what I was doing. And I set up one camera angle and I just talked it with no, no microphone. It's literally just recorded on my, on my phone um, to where if you look at, you know, some of the more recent ones where Leanne's able to like get in there and edit and add stuff to it. And well, I, I always do multiple camera angles and I do better lighting now and things like that. And I'm, I'm, and I'm also just a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, with all that stuff in place, now all of a sudden we have this platform where we can, you know, we can, I'm going to use it to do crazy stuff. Like I'm going to use it to just build people up. We recently did a, did a video with Lena Stadler, who's uh, the most successful agent that I've ever trained. Amazing story. But we talked about all the excuses that people make and, how to be on the other side of those excuses. Right. So, you know, YouTube for me, it's, I mean, I, there's, there's a part of it that's just kind of fun. You know, it's just kind of a fun thing for me to do. And most of the views that I get are, are people in our company, but 
you know, it's my hope that it starts to permeate out and get shared outside of the company and we can start to, you know, help people do better and think better in other businesses as well. Um, but it's, it's very much first and foremost for me, it's a training tool for my team. Mm-hmm. So I put a lot of stuff out there on the mental game, how to win the mental game. If there's something in there that they can use and, and help them do better then I want, you know, I want to help if I can help. So mm-hmm. that's what our, our YouTube channel is it's called ambition matters. Awesome. Where can people find you on social media? On social media. I am, uh, well, hopefully my, I put my Instagram handle as my, as my name there. Yeah. It's a J underscore white AOC on, uh, Instagram. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm uh, on YouTube. I'm on YouTube and I'm on, uh, and I'm on uh, Instagram. I have, I have Facebook as well, but it's basically just kind of a way to stay in contact with my immediate, uh, agents that I'm training. So mm-hmm. I don't tend to add a whole lot of people on, on Facebook, but hit me up. We can chat on there too. Sweet. Awesome. Well, this has been a really great podcast. I have taken so many notes and like starred them and like underlined <laughs> them. And, um, the 10 things you're really excited about. I love that because sounds really it's powerful. Gonna, yeah. It's going to help people just kind of sit back and go, Oh, I do have a lot to be grateful for, you know? Definitely. So yeah. thank you. Been, again. Uh, you're welcome. It was, it was fun. Yeah, I agree. Well, have yourself a fantastic day. I look forward to listening to that uh, message with Lena as well. She's one of my favorite. She always she's messages awesome. me and she's like, go girl, like you're doing so awesome. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In the beginning, you don't see yourself as this big wig type person. Like, oh, I might not ever get to CEO. And I'm like, wait a minute. Heck no. Like, I'm totally going to go to CEO. It might just mm-hmm. take me some time, you know? And once you're committed to it, uh, you find a way to make it happen. For it. sure. And it doesn't really matter your background. I mean, if we're talking about Lena, Lena used to clean my house. Yeah. I mean, Lena was 18 years old, making 15 grand a year cleaning houses. I can hear her. She's on, she's behind me on the, she's behind this wall nice. right now. She just, she just crossed. She's making more than $200,000 a year. Now she's making 15 grand a year cleaning houses, right? Like if you want to go do something, find a coach that's doing what you're, you want to do and then listen to them. Yeah. Mirror and work. Yeah, and then and then do some work. That's it, really. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, how did you it. transform? I'm like, I put in the work. Everyone's like, Helena, how did you lose hundred pounds? I'm like, diet and exercise. <laughs> like, really, it's not that hard. Um, but I think the mental game is everything. It takes you to the next level and it helps you challenge your mindset. And and even more important than that, for those that don't develop it, they end up getting dera- derailed and knocked out. Yeah, and it's just harder. You just have so much negativity building up in your head. If you don't practice mental toughness and you don't focus on being present and focus on uh, where you're going instead of, oh my goodness, this is what's happening or like, this is what just happened. And you're just not able to really evaluate the situation in the right way because you're under stress. So if you can kind of sit back and go, okay, let's analyze what's good about the scenario, what I can learn from it and grow that's it and you have and it's been fun to watch congrats on your promotion thank you i really appreciate it that's and i look awesome. forward to uh what's next you know like qualifying mm-hmm. for hawaii greg's like have fun i'm like okay i guess i gotta get up earlier <laughs> you know there's a science to it give me a call i'll give you my my tips all right well thanks again i know everyone took a ton out of that so hopefully um we can uh, connect again soon Absolutely. Have a great day. You too.
our mission is to help others live their best lives, learning from each other, sharing our journeys together, growing, adapting, and constantly striving for better. This is the Pursuit of Relentless podcast. My name is Elena Chisholm. Let's connect.